You're listening to The Chartographers people where we take every single album by particular artists and we rank it worst to best and just forget about the rest. The rest are the soundtrack cuts, the Will Butler solo albums, the reflector <laughs> tapes, all that stuff. You don't need to know. But hey, listen, uh, season two, off to a goddamn amazing run. We're nearing the end right now. We went with the classic and the thing about contemporary, sometimes get to see them live. And weirdly enough, every person in the studio here was at Lollapalooza five days before we recorded this when we saw the band in question do a closing set for the entire thing. And it was a very... Glorious and fascinating experience. Excellent. Yes, and but you know, and the reason when you get to the point where you were the closing night headlining set of Lollapalooza, you fucking went through the trenches, man. You built up something from scratch, and that's amazing. And we are talking about that very band right now, today. That's right, guys. You know it. You love it. We're talking about the one, the only, the band whose singer Regine Chassing is the only other person aside from DJ Khaled who can say, all I do is win. That's right, guys. We are talking about the Arcade Fire. Woo! Uh, Bell Orchestra, if you're nasty. <laughs> Taryn is, is in disbelief <laughs> over all of this. <laughs> Listen, I was very happy with that one. That was pretty solid. My favorite part is how much we talked about how you pronounce her name. <laughs> I know. Yeah, can you say that for me one and more time? Definitely still did it. Wrong. I know. Exactly. It's just. It's, it's, it's just Regine Chasson. Chasson. Yeah. Yeah. We so, don't have that. Right. I'm going to edit no. that together later. We it's don't have that weird end sound in English. Right. It's not even going to try. It's so, French. Chasson. The Chasson. Arcade Chasson. Fire. <laughs> Croissants. <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, the Arcade Fire, they are a band uh, from Texas by way of Canada, by way of Haiti. Uh, and the thing is, they are a group that got together uh, initially through uh, Win and Regine's uh, shared love of music. Apparently the first time they ever really like met like privately, they wrote a song together. Uh, Headlights Look Like Diamonds. Mm-hmm. And uh, they then wound up becoming, later getting married but they also formed a band around them too involving Will Butler and uh, Richard B. Perry a whole bunch of other people together too and the thing is that they, they put out music and it was fine but it was only until 2004 when Funeral their debut album hit it's not the fact that it arrived it was a fucking nuclear explosion then a single like you know zeitgeisty moment they redefined what indie rock sounds like they kind of like defined that sound for like a decade basically and have gone on different directions over there since then I mean they used the millennial woe. <laughs> yes, and they did. On funeral in multiple places. Like, it, I actually hadn't even think of that till just, just now. now. Like, yeah. they sort of originated that sound and then it just kept getting more Bigger and more, and more poppy. Right. And the thing is that, so it was an iconic album, but is it their most iconic album? That's what we're going to debate when we rank their albums. On the Chartographers. Who are the people doing the ranking? Let me tell you right now. First off, there is, of course, me. I'm Evan Soddy. You might know me as an editor over at Pop Matters. You probably know me as the host of this podcast. And if you know me as the host of this podcast, then you know the person sitting next to me. The regime to my will, win Will. Let's go with Will. No, why are you Will has the Oscar nomination. So what? <laughs> uh, that's right, guys. Win's the, the important one. The co-founder of the entire podcast, Taryn O'Reilly. Why would I be the regime to your will? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I was. I was so I'm your sister-in-law. <laughs> I mean, 
that's, a, that's questionable. I know, exactly, yeah. <laughs> We're, mm. You can't date my Oscar nomination, though. But uh, listen, that's a whole, it's a whole thing right, that we got to get into it. Pan right there. I know. <laughs> Not our best episode, guys, I'm telling you. Yes. But guess what? Uh, the one thing that's going to pump us up, the one that's going to bring us a little bit of light here, uh, the guy, the dude, the man himself. He is uh, one of the songwriters of the band Northern Territories. He is also one half of the group, the uh, Ramen Noodle Boys. Ramen Noodle Boys. Every word I Shots say, he Boys. is doing a, a physical gesture in the studio, too. It's, it's kind of amazing. So much hype. Yeah. I wish I wish there was a camera right now. I wish you could see all the well, hype. premium subscribers get the video podcast here. where you can see the physical hype okay. machine that is Ryan Donahue right here, right now in studio. Ryan, what's up? How you doing? What's up, guys? I'm, I'm feeling great. I feel we're about to talk about okay Far. I've been waiting for this moment for a while. For my entire life. Well, oh, wow. That's <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even know. You're burning <laughs> us with great expectations, and that's yep. fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I love it, too. Well, also, the only reason that you're here is also because you kept talking about wanting to do an episode where you rank uh, Chance Guest versus... Still wait on that episode, I, Yeah, way. that's... It's you know, coming soon, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> your, boy, your boy's Ryan's got you. Shouts out young Ryan. Say peso. Follow me on Instagram. And young Ryan. Say peso. 14. <laughs> we you got this. We, <laughs> Young spelled Y-U-N-G. I'm so sorry that we're I know, why did we invite you in the studio? All right. So, but guys, listen, uh, we're talking about the Arcade Fire, and the great thing is that uh, when we recorded this, it was also not only five days after we saw them on Lollapalooza, it's a week and a half after they put out their fifth full-length album. Uh, so it is fresh and new, and normally we want to give things a little bit of time to settle before we kind of get down. i got to be honest... I have my head pretty well wrapped around this album. It's I have same. a lot to I say. I don't need time to it's, let it sit. It's, it's weird. It's, there, there's so many albums where you need it to sit for a while. Right. A- example, New Vic Men's album took me a couple weeks. This Arcade Fire album? Uh, I kind of, like, it took me a little bit to... Ca- I got it pretty easy. But yeah. then again, they also had a, a very interesting uh, lead-up hype campaign for it, too, yeah. uh, that was kind of annoying in a lot of ways, too. So you kind of got a yeah. sense of the stuff pretty easily on. I feel like I've known these songs for a lot longer than they've actually been out. Uh, but guys, well, we're gonna... it helps that all the best songs were released weeks before the album was released. <laughs> Shh, we haven't got to the yet. Uh, but listen, so at the very least, there are five albums we could talk about. There is, of course, the debut funeral from 2004. There is, of course, the uh, slightly darker and moodier Neon Bible from 2007. The there is the uh, album of the year Grammy winning The Suburbs from 2010. There is the slightly disco-fied Reflector from 2013. And and there is the somehow even more discified Everything Now from 2017. Now, five albums, uh, that's a pretty good thing. We can usually rank uh, nicely. But uh, there is a little misnomer that we need to talk about there. And that is the oh, 2003 self-titled EP, Arcade Fire. Uh, it's seven songs. Uh, it's all, And again, it was literally just an EP. They sold some copies here and there. But once Funeral hit... All of a sudden, the back catalog kicked in, and for a lot of people, like, I want more. It happened to you, Taryn, right? Like, yeah. you got Funeral, and you're like, I need more Arcade Fire music, and here's the only other thing that was available. Yeah, and it was available publicly. I mean, after Funeral hit, mm-hmm. they reprinted it, I believe, in 2005, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think I got it at, like, a Barnes & Noble. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds all right. Yeah, because the hype, the hype train on that thing was just huge and gigantic, and so the question is whether or not we include it. Now... The one thing I'll say, we normally don't include albums that have uh, a song carryover. There's only one song carryover, No Cars Go. They did it on uh, Neon Bible, and they did it here in two drastically different versions, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, personally, like it's still like the band like forming. It's still a lot of their hallmarks and trademarks. Yeah. I mean, there is like a slight argument against it in that they replaced half of the band after <laughs> the EP was recorded. Yeah. But it's still when 
and Regine and Richard Reed Perry, who I feel like is probably he's got a decent, mm-hmm. you know, creative control happening. Yeah. So I think I would I would like to rank it partially just because I I do have a sort of nostalgic connection with it, but. Okay. But um, young Ryan Save Pesos in studio right now too. Can we not call him? <laughs> I, I like it. I mean, I don't mind it. Yeah. I, I have many nicknames. That that's the one for, for first and foremost. I got little Ichiban. Uh, we also got young Ryan. Anything you want to call me? I'm sorry, little Ichiban. Little Ichiban. Man. <laughs> uh, also, also young Magneto because people think I look like Michael Fassbender. So we got that going. You do Ben Fass. You do Ben Fass. I think I'm gonna use that word. Yeah. Hey Fassy. Hey Magneto. Yeah, not Fassy. I'm gonna use Fassy. Young Ben Fass. Hey, but fancy, fancy, fancy. What are your thoughts on including uh, Arcade Fire EP in the actual ranking? Yeah, honestly, I'm not a fan of it. Um, But I mean, I understand. And the thing is that, like, I understand Mm -hmm. not being a fan of an artistic intent, but like ranking in their discography. I mean, honestly, listen, guys. Like, I mean, Taryn, you kind of alluded to it. Like, it's still kind of in their their formulative uh, period. Um, For me, yeah, it just it just doesn't feel like like I, I listen to Old Flame, for instance, the first track, and like, you know, Will Butler's like still hasn't. You know, really found his vocals like he's he's almost like oh yeah. I mean, that, there's no mistake it. about that. It just you know, ah, it it just seems so like far removed from funeral and the rest of the stuff that comes after it. To me, it, it almost I, just doesn't make sense for. I it. understand that argument. I do. Mm-hmm. I also feel like as a seven track album that clocks in close to a half hour, like. I, there's it feels like a fully formed artistic statement. Now you can argue about how well formed it is and how quality it is. Personally, though, I would be in favor of throwing it in the ranking, uh, just because I feel like it is it speaks to a lot of what they where they came from and what they tried to do. And like I feel like that is worth in the discussion of their total artistic achievements. I feel like yeah. it is at least looking at their starting point is I think a valuable facet of that. Let, let me ask you this: I mean, do you think of it as an LP, or, or do you think of it along the lines of an, of an EP, or the Los Campesinos EEP? Okay, so the Los Campesinos EEP I think <laughs> is an EP, but let me just say. That I call it, in, in my in, in the studio right now, I have all of my CD albums because I'm a fucking nerd like that, arranged chronologically from when I bought them, so I know when I got into things. It's great, but uh, I actually keep Arcade Fire EP as part of the album lineage. I have a separate thing for EPs. That's just what I do. Well, listen, I consider it an album. Yeah. So listen, and also there's three people here, so mm-hmm. I think we just outvoted you. We're going to be. Damn. No, no, no. I think it's actually really good because it's That's we're okay. going to have a lot of stuff to talk That's about. Okay. Yeah, we can still talk about it. Yeah. yeah. There's plenty to talk so about. So agreeable. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I have to be. Exactly. But hey, listen. Uh, so that's six albums, Arcade Fire, Funeral, Neon, Bible, Suburbs, and Reflector, everything now. Uh, guys, let's get into it. We're all going to go ahead. We're all going to nominate things. We're going to have a debate. And the thing is that I would say that we've all been pretty open to opinions. There, a good argument can change your mind either way. But guess what? Ryan, you're the guest. You're the guest here. Uh, I'm very happy that you're here. I'm, I'm happy, happy about how hyped you are right now, uh, so as I- you are always, perpetually. <laughs> As our listeners have heard. Perpetually Perpetually So the thing is, I know that you were just kind of ragging on it right now, but I really want you to consider Mm -hmm. all the other things that we're up against now, and I want you to give our honest assessment. Just nominate it. We're not ranking anything yet. Yeah, yeah. What would you nominate as the worst Arcade Fire album? Man, I mean, it's it's really going to be a carryover of what we just talked about. Okay. Unfortunately, it's the EP. And it's not not a bad EP. It's just, it's it's a formula period for arcade fire they're not yet really arcade fire in my mind when they're doing this you know i see no cars go like yeah that even even that you know kind of first version of that song is arcade fire to me but like i said i I listen to like old flame and stuff and i'm just like yeah 
I don't know. Like, th- there's some really nice songs on here. What's it, like, what, I are think, your, what are your favorites? Your favorite non No Cars Go ones? Um, let's see. I really like Headlights um, Look Like Diamonds. I think that's nice. My Heart mm-hmm. is an Apple. Really nice ballad. Um, I think this is a really nice sort of, you know, like, hey, that, you know, band you might, you know, listen to at like your favorite coffee shop off your iPod. Like, they, they're that kind of like, you know, that nice little indie band, but you don't think they're going to go places. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, shoot, there's Arcade Fire. Like, it's just it, to me, it feels like two completely very different in, bands. like incubation stage arcade fire. Basically, yeah. Yeah, Taryn. I don't know. I just I feel like it's honestly pretty solid for me, and it okay. definitely feels like the arcade fire that I'm used to. I mean, it feels like the, a, it the, feels the, like the, the band like, to me, an early version of it, but it still yeah. feels like an I mean, arcade fire. That, that win regime interplay is unmistakable, and like I would say honestly, like I'm sleeping in a submarine and. Uh, it's ridiculous, but I love it's, it. And, and, the, and that's the other time, There's like when Regine also hurt. She sounded like Bjork in those early albums, oh, like quite absolutely. a bit. Uh-huh. There was so much Bjork happening. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> love your idols, you know. <laughs> but um, but then I I feel like also like Vampire Forest Fire. That's the first time that they really like did this whole like expanded outro, which became such a hallmark yeah. of theirs, like. Half of the songs on Funeral have a complete, like, rhythmic shift, like, at the last minute of the song. Yeah. And I feel like that was a very good example of that. And they, each of these songs is them fully accomplishing successfully something that would then become a hallmark of their, the entire rest of their career. Right. And so I, I don't know, I, I feel like, yeah, these are, like, some of my favorite Arcade Fire songs, along with, like, every other album. Yeah, have. right. Like, it yeah, 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 yeah. For me, the quality of the best things on the EP is, yeah, it's just like everything else. Well, and I think the biggest thing, No Cars Go, even though it's a song about fucking nothing, let's be real. Who the fuck knows what that song is about? Well, like, really, are any of the songs I mean, that's a fair EP point, yeah, Sleeping in a Submarine, like, they're kind of about things. And right, or, like, My Heart is an Apple is about some things but are they related like it, it's like i mean i understand the associated nature of it also like lyrically it's still a little bit amateur hour here because like there's that one line i can't i think it's off of uh, uh woodland's national anthem like, where uh wind's talking about like i don't want to go back to texas if i hope they don't call or whatever like it's kind of this you know clear break from you know getting away from the past or whatever and he keeps coming back to themes of like suburbs and also much like you'll find out later yeah. on kind of an anti-religion military thing as well as mm-hmm. uh conformity and uh, righteousness and filling up bathtubs with water while listening to albums. These are all things that come up a lot in their discography. But the thing is that, like, I still... I can still appreciate it. And also, for the record, because they do the cover in No Cars Go on Neon Bible, the version here kicks ass. Even when we saw them at Lollapalooza, they basically played the EP version with the accordion front and center... Like, that was, like, the pure indication of what they're capable of. Like, I I understand why they did it on Neon Bible. Like, again, they replaced half the band members. They had the budget. This was, like, one of their classic songs, and they wanted to, you know, have it on their big new album. But, honestly, I feel like the strings sort of take some of the immediacy out of it or like also part of why it was so good in the first place was because it was a little sloppy and it had those like odd samples Mm -hmm. and also the version on here on the ep has the harmonies on the bridge between the click of the light and the start of the dream and then on the neon bible version it's just i think it's just win and regine like single vocal tracks and doing, the guitar's a lot more front doing center, melody yeah and it's like it's, it's just it doesn't have the same like emotional Ooh, center yeah it's it the, same the same song but it's just a lesser version of it yeah and i'm gonna say i mean 
obviously my perception's a little bit different, but also the EP for me was like, I listened to that after probably, shoot, might have been after Reflector to be honest. Really? It was, it's okay. a while. I actually needed, like that was the one thing. When did, what album like, did you get into with them? What album did I get into? Yeah, like what was your first arcade? Was it Funeral or was it something else? It, it was Funeral, but it was after Neon Bible. Mm. So I actually didn't like Arcade Fire for a while. And mm -hmm. then I just slowly got into it. I, I don't really know. I, I think I was so against the hype train and stuff. And that's fair, because there was that's a huge yeah, fucking the, hype, the hype train. Hype train right? and, and, I mean, I guess that's just who I was as a, as a person at that point. But, you know, like, yeah, I mean... It, it wore on you. It, you know, yeah, to be definitely. fair, I probably would have been turned off by that, too. I heard of them, like, through a friend. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. that's how I got into it. Like, looking back on it, it was sort of a yeah. ridiculous hype train. Like, even oh, though it yeah. is... Never mind. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Right. But that being said, uh, not, you're not your favorite one. Mm -hmm. Taryn has a very uh, you know strong affinity for it. Let me throw something out there as an idea. I want to toss out my nomination for their worst album. Mm -hmm. And for me, like the thing is that you got to keep my Arcade Fire EP as much as I like it. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to go very high on our ranking, but for me, it's pretty obvious what their worst album is, and that is this two-disc thing called Reflector <laughs> that came out. And here's the thing. Here's this is coming. Oh, did you? Did <laughs> yeah, you? I, I okay. saw it coming. Okay. All right, cool. Did you see the disco ball in the distance rising over the hill? <laughs> Little coins of light moving across the landscape. I saw what I was walking did you up, see? Right? Did you see the members of Arcade Fire wearing large versions of their heads yeah. on top of their real heads? Yeah, because oh that's God. the thing that happened. And here's the thing. I would say Reflector <laughs> is not a bad album. It is a very confusing album. I, I think generally, like... There's, like, themes, or at least, like, some sort of, like, tone that is, like, underlying, like, a lot of their records. Even in the Arcade Fire EP, as kind of slapped together as that is, there's still, like, an earnestness to it that I can't really discount in any way. The songs may not be, like, the best, but, like, there's still something about them trying together and make something, and when it comes all together on No Cars Go, you're like, oh, shit, there's, there's something to this chemistry. Mm -hmm. With this album, though, with Reflector, when they went full disco, and listen, I'm not opposed to a band going disco. Let me get that out there. The song Reflector... Seven minutes, David Bowie cameos. Awesome, love it, great. Uh, the rest of the album, though, is just literally all over the place. Uh, there are some really great songs, kind of the hard rock of a the, like normal person, which is right almost kind of like a parody of it. Like it's kind of like pavementy rock kind of thing like that. Even though the opening is like, "Do you like rock and roll music? Cause I don't think I do," which is a theme that carried over onto everything now. Uh, but uh, like, there's also and like you know we exist. It's fine, but by the time he gets wrapped up in like he thinks that uh, Win thinks that here comes the nighttime is some sort of fucking anthem that needs to be repeated later on in the album. Like. No, that does not need yeah, to be no. repeated. Yeah, uh, but here I, comes the nighttime part two. Is like probably one of the weakest things in their discography. <laughs> it just like it doesn't. It's so unnecessary. Yeah, what I agree with that. But I mean, I, yeah. I, first off, I thought you were coming at the first. Here comes the nighttime because I think that is a phenomenal. Song. Oh yeah, no, that's like one of their best. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That's a great tune. I agree. It is definitely very unnecessary. But also, Arcade Fire has. They tend to do a lot of things that are unnecessary. I mean, I'll get into that. Fair. Talk that is a very good point. They, yes. they do a lot of things that are very unnecessary, especially at the end of their albums. I feel like that's kind that's, of mm. a thing with them. We'll talk more about that as we get into more in the uh, yeah. These but like, I mean, the thing is, like, awful sound. Oh, Eurydice. Like, I, I guess they like they tried to do a narrative album together where it's like mm. these, you know two kids are falling in love but they're uncertain or something like that which I only only I read about that because when I listen to the album I don't get that shit at fucking all whatsoever <laughs> and then you have fucking porno in there and oh, the, like, yeah, this porno's weird little, like, I mean yeah. like 
I think porno is supposed to make you uncomfortable, but it does. And yeah. so it's just like, while it's a pretty good, like the instrumental of it is pretty nice. It's just like, it doesn't really accomplish what it's going for, I feel like. It mm-hmm. just falls short of being a memorable experience, unfortunately. Besides, like, the sort of oddness of the lyrics. And fucking Joan of Arc, too. Just one little... I mean, really? yeah. That's no! The, the other Joan thing about... Yeah, man. Like, that, oh, that, that kind of <laughs> cloying fucking shit, like, really annoys me. I don't... I don't hate Joan of Arc, but I do think that Reflector is the album where they really, they let their melodies slip a bit, and they became less indie rock and more just like, mm, basic. <laughs> like, it's just... Arcade Fire, there's something... I mean, Arcade Fire has always had that underlying basicness, and I feel like we've all kind of seen well, it. Well, the thing is... You I saw it coming with Suburbs a little bit. I mean, a little bit, right. And the thing is that I think it's not even so much as they're like basic is that they are a group that are let's be real pretentious not to name drop too much here but when i interviewed ben gibbard to death cat for cutie at one point he was talking about he mentioned like you gotta keep mind like rock you know as and he had a very good point about how it was college rock in the 80s and alternative in the 90s and indie in the 2000s it's all the same fucking genre guys get over it uh but also he talked about like and you gotta keep mind none of these bands out here are going to be u2 except okay well maybe the arcade fire they might be u2 and i felt like the u2 comparison is fairly apt because if you want to talk about a band that is so self-serious and self-important in what they do. Uh, and the thing is that, like, it, I think that's very true. With the suburbs, they kind of had, uh, definitely had a theme. They had a vision they were going for. Uh, I, with Reflector, and especially with everything now, they pushed a little bit too far into the whole, this is like their YouTube pop album. Like, this is like they got lost in the costumes and the concepts and ideas, you know, a I little mean, bit. But can you blame them? It's sort of a natural progression. I mean... They started with the sort of Not whimsical, modern but technology, like, like even Neon Bible gets into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you have success as a band and when you are, are you know, a huge stadium filling act for over a decade, Opening for you you're going to start investing that yeah. in the budget. Like you're going to start spending money. And so it makes sense to me. Like I understand why people don't like it as much, but... Obviously, a band with this big of a budget is going to go a little more electronic, and they're going to go, mm-hmm. like, flashy, because right. why wouldn't they? Right. And, and and I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily want to blame the budget here. The elephant in the room that we're not talking about is we have this really weird union between Arcade Fire, you know, more of a classic-type rock band, mm-hmm. and we've got James Murphy... You know, yeah, LCD cool sound system, yeah, electro yeah. music, disco, and we had this weird union. And the, I mean, you know, obviously bringing these two worlds together, like it's like, oh wow, this could be amazing. You do kind of get this whole weird, like, you know what? They're both really great by themselves, but you know, I feel like both parts together, maybe you're not really. You getting got the your song James you Murphy in my Arcane Fire, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that. I, I do think about that a lot with Reflector, and I, I think it is. That's a very Not good point. One of their strong realms. However, I would say this: I think if they lopped off this two, I think this one is phenomenal. I think it's, I think it's great. I I agree with that. I think there's there's a lot of conflict there in terms of the ideas, and even this two, I don't think it's that bad. It's obviously the weaker part. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say is you really have to be in the mood to listen to it because yes. you kind of get these yes. th- these songs that rather just. They sort of like they don't really hit you in the face. They kind of just they're there and they unfold right. a little bit. Yes, that's a, that's a very good way of putting it. Reflector also, I feel like, is a lot of the times the songs just sort of 
like they've always had very lengthy tracks. Yes. Like they they have a musical idea and they fully explore it. Mm-hmm. But earlier in their discography, there were like movements and there were hard hitting sections. Whereas I feel like Reflector, it's more just, groove. It, it's yes, it's very groove based. It just sort of unfolds. And like that's also and, part of the reason why Disc Two I think falls off for me because it's like six minute song after six minute song mm-hmm. after six minute song. Right. And there's really it's nothing like, noteworthy there except for Symmetry. Uh, I think I'm like that's your standout on this. I didn't say yeah, it was my I'm standout. I enjoy it thoroughly. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm a little bit partially biased though because the version that was in the film Her, the Spike Jones movie, the one where Will got that Oscar nomination, because they did a version of there's a lot more acoustic, a lot mm. more stripped down, a lot more string laid. It was beautiful there. So even though I hear this one here and it's not like as compelling, I still have an affinity for that song for that reason. So I, yeah. I I do have an affinity for I wish the chorus of Afterlife wasn't so simple, but we can I feel like it as out. far as like groove building, yeah. I think they're pretty successful there. And then I also do have a soft spot for It's Never Over, Hey Orpheus. Um yeah, okay, the, yeah, first, do. the first part of that scene, Oh Eurydice is not as solid, but yeah, that riff, great. And then honestly, I feel like some of those harmonies are even like Prince inspired. Like that, that yeah. it's over. Yeah. Like when that all comes in, it's very yeah. like closely reported to the mic and yeah. yeah, I don't know. And and I feel like that's my biggest thing is that there are some solid moments here on Reflector, definitely not flashbulb eyes, but I feel like there are some solid ass <laughs> moments. The thing is that like when I think about even like Arcade Fire may not have as many wow moments, I feel like it's at least again, when I think about the earnestness and kinda of like how it considered how it comes together, it draws a little bit for me for you because while you say like you like if the first disc would have been like really solid by itself as we've discussed in this podcast before, you have to take the whole package. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. There's that whole, like, this is a bloated album, too. Where, like, it's like, I, you know, if it went either way, honestly, I'd be okay. But, like, for me, I nominated Reflector just because I feel like it's the most bloated and the least focused that they have in their career. Donahue, thoughts, ideas? You're not wrong, especially when we get to this, too. I mean, it's obviously weaker. Uh-huh. Um, it, and it's not, for me, it's definitely in, in the bottom half. I don't think it's the worst. I don't even think it's the second worst, actually. Oh. Um, oh. Just say it's the second worst. Everything now. Oh, yeah, let's get into it. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, okay. Everything now is hard. <laughs> it's, it's tough, guys. I, I actually need to stand up and walk around from like, hmm. <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to get that I, yeah. everything now. Speaking of going everything disco, now. by the way, because it's not the fact that it went disco. When the when the song Everything Now came out, and like people were like, oh my god, it's New Arcade Fire, something or rather, it was like they went full Eurovision. It went, went right, full, they went like yeah. ABBA. And, like, and at first, a lot of people were just like, and I use Stereo Gum, you very infamously wrote this thing, like, you know, make Arcade Fire great again, whatever happened to one of the greatest bands in the world or whatever. Uh, to which, of course, Arcade Fire, during their stupid ass fucking pre release campaign, they, uh, Sony Music bought the website Stereo Yum, and they just did a complete imitation of the Stereo Gum website. Premature, premature evaluation. Like, they're just like, here's all the things they're going to say about us that are douchey. Thomas like, Bayletter of Daft Punk was producer. We're going to mention it a lot. I'm like, okay, guys, you can. You can you can calm down a little bit. Uh, that being said, um, I, everything now the song has really grown on me. But the thing is that they yes, also were smart enough to put out the singles were legitimately the best songs on there consistently. Yeah, and I and the thing is for me, all four of those singles have really grown on me. Like yeah, yeah everything now is great. 
Honestly, Creature Comfort is probably going to be on my like end of the year <laughs> singles <laughs> list. I like, like Creature Comfort. Yeah, it's really it's solid. solid. I love again. We have the classic like Win regime. Oh, and I love it on here because like he repeats something, but when she repeats it in that multi-track level, you know, like it's just like it just stands <laughs> out, and it's just like great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love it. Um, and uh, Electric Blue, like. I that love a good yeah. regime disco track of now, which we have like four of them. But <laughs> like, and and this is also around the time more than Reflector when they really went with the wordless chorus thing full bore because uh, you know like they're the na 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 you know like they kind of do mm-hmm. that whole thing mm-hmm. uh, and then of course you know everything now na 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 that's just a bridge though. I mean, also, yeah. again, they've always had the non vocal hooks. Yeah, funeral is right. packed oh, with non vocal. Yeah, but it's less so on Reflector. I feel like they kind of like got away from it. Right, and, and maybe that's why yeah. Reflector's not as good is because it wasn't that like indie rock, well, like yeah, I mean, catchy, simple, like pounding. And the thing chorus. is that we talk about, and I feel like in terms of pure pop structure, we're going way into theory here, but like the thing is like when you have something that's shout along, that's something that people can get behind that's really simple to like repeat, you know, over and over again, you know, like a catchy pop course or whatever, it doesn't it doesn't matter what the words are, people will generally sing along to it. So when you actually throw some meaning on the words there, it kind of grows a little bit, you know. On and on, I don't know what I want. On and on, I don't know what I want. Like, that's kind of, like, it's, like, really easy lyrics, but there's a little bit of depth to it. And the person hearing it in the right state of mind, even though they're chanting along, like, oh, wait, they might, like, turn, cock their yes. head, thinking. That's yeah. what's missing from Reflector. Yeah. Where Where's the chant along? Yeah. Like, that's on literally every other Arcade Fire record. Mm-hmm. There's those chant along choruses. Like, I, that was the best part of seeing uh, them live. It comes in that time. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm not. That's okay. Yes, they are. I can't work it out. They are They are repeating lyrics. Yes, but it's not like. I mean, listen. They It's like lazy. I'm like fun yeah. things to shout along to in the in the crowd. Yeah. Like, and there. That's the other thing is there's part of what made Arcade Fire so exciting and visceral is because they're just like screaming and there's six of them and Mm -hmm. they are there's so much energy and Mm -hmm. um with Reflector and and partially everything now there's this like you're kind of losing that like that's taking a backseat to this like soundscape that they're creating yeah and you know this is a thing where i'm looking at it and i'm thinking about it and because i really love the singles on everything now a lot i really really do but the rest of the songs Mm. when you get to chemistry when you get to the two i'm so happy we bring that up now oh god (laughs) i've got thoughts on that and peter like those are between chemistry and peter pan maybe (laughs) maybe two of the weakest songs Arcade Fire's put out. Yeah, I mean, they're not great. They're, they're just, the they're sort of like... They're just there. They're, they're kind of playing into tropes for both of those. Yeah, and Peter yeah, just, no, 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 right. and just does not connect And same thing with, way. like, the two parts of Infinite Content. It's like, oh, oh you had this idea. Guys, what and what, went, what infinitely content, like, And you went, oh, like, punk and country rip, with it, like, oh, God, oh, and, and, so and the thing is that, like, especially when you do, like, the punk country thing, it's like, guys, genre can be anything. And in 2017, everyone's like, yeah, we fucking know, all right? Yeah. Everyone genre hops. Yeah. It's just what we do. I hear now. country albums with dubstep wubs in them. Like this is like don't even start. I okay? will say, I will say, I do have a soft spot for the end of this record when they have like I kind of like put your money on me again. It's not like an incredible song, uh-huh. but when you compare it to the lull in the well, middle, 
Yeah, yeah solid. And then I, I like We Don't Deserve that. That's been too. a grower on me, too. Like, I yeah. love the, the textures that they have on there are unique. Kind of this, like, you know, like, quiet, but, like, you know, blurring synth line that kind of comes together. Yeah. yeah. I also love that it takes, like, two and a half minutes to get to the chorus. Yeah. Like, they, they really take their time exploring that sound. And I... Well, it lost me in that time they got to the chorus because so, yeah. I, I just zoned out I'm like oh wait is there a chorus happening now <laughs> I'm sorry I got lost at the last intersection you guys stopped at yeah. so you know a minute and a half ago okay, um, well, well, go ahead I mean here's the thing guys like we're, we're debating between Reflection and everything now and I want to put things in perspective these are still very good albums I think if there were other bands that play these albums they would they would probably be you know near the top of their catalog but we're talking about arcade fire. Very right easy. Right. Yeah. That's why we're talking about these three. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So I mean, we're all pretty much in agreement. Though the bottom three is going to yeah. consist of these three albums, Absolutely. right? Yeah. yeah. I think it just and honestly, I think we put out some good debates so far. Mm-hmm. I think because we're also half hour into the podcast, <laughs> uh, I think we should probably yeah. rein it in. It might be yeah. it might be simple outvoting on here, but I think we can do it. Uh, uh, nomination. Let's do six five four. What's your nomination for worst album? EP. Nomination for worst album. Reflector. I'm gonna go with Reflector, so we have that at six. Number five, still EP. Oh, is it, so yeah. Reflector's out. All right, yeah, it's still gonna be EP. Okay, I would agree with that. Okay, cool. In that case, we could go ahead and put everything now at number four then. So as much as I that. love the EP, right. the singles on everything now are good enough to push it ahead. Okay, no, and I think that's and I think that's actually a very fair point too. So in that case. I'm actually okay with it. I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty good. Number yeah. six, Reflector, deservedly. Number five, Arcade Fire, the EP. Number four, Everything Now. Okay, guys, we are already halfway through, but we've already had an intense debate. What is left? Just to remind you guys, is Funeral, Neon Bible, and the Suburbs. So guess what? Now times it's the unenviable task time. So, Ryan. This is this is why we're really here, though. I feel like we all sort of knew right. before this began. Yeah. These are going to be the three albums we were talking about. And that's about. why I was also, like, even though it came out a week and a half ago, I'm very comfortable putting uh, everything now where it is. Yeah. Like, that's... Uh, it, it, was, it did not go down as an instant classic. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, that being said, we have three... A lot of people would say these are masterpieces in various ways and forms. So, now it comes down to Ryan Donahue. Of these three albums remaining, what would you nominate in our number three spot? Okay, this is going to be controversial. This is going to be it's crazy. It's not going to be controversial. Okay. I think what what really weirds me out about it is that it's won a Grammy for Best Album of the Year. Mm-hmm. It, it's the Suburbs. It's the Suburbs for me. Um, just to kind of go over, I mean, obviously Arcade Fire treads this, this very thin line between brilliant and boring, and they've kind of been doing it their entire career. <laughs> Honestly, they, they, they have. No, no I mean, I'm laughing because you're right. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a very no-frills band, but also, like, I think what's incredible about them is it, a lot of their, their best music, it's just raw emotion. And it, it's not so much about sometimes the, the lyrics and stuff. Yeah, it's, no, it's no, the no, you're absolutely melodies. right. It's they the have a very cinematic sense feel. of melody that they're able to yes. build upon. And absolutely. so therefore, No Cars Go, even though it's about fucking nothing, still is like, you feel like everything. Right? That's, right. Why, just like, oh, that's, that's why Wake music. Up has yeah. been used in everything exactly. ever. Yeah. Is because <laughs> it's anthemic and you yeah. know, huge and amazing. And I would argue that's kind of cinematic. like a middling song on that album. So yeah. and, and it's still, yeah. I mean, you right. still get hyped when they play it. Yeah, you're going to like I want so them. So, what about the suburbs specifically? Kind of uh, brings it down a little bit for you. Here's the thing: we're looking at the the, the list and at 16 songs. That is a long album. It is for me. It really is though. If I ever actually put out an album as Northern Territories, I'm not going to go above like 
11. Single available on MySpace right now. Shouts out to the territories. Anyway, also shouts out to the Ramen Noodle Boys. All right, after after I'm done, you know, kind of giving myself shouts out and stuff. Here's the thing. 16 (laughs) songs is a lot. I, I really... Anything past 11... You know, 12, 13 songs like that is really pushing it with me. There's a lot of good and stuff. And if, if some of those songs were interludes, that'd be okay, but pretty much there, all of these. I mean, yeah, and there are some long songs. You could argue that some of these are interludes. Mm-hmm. But you could argue at the same time. It's yeah, not yeah. like that was an interlude. It's not like we're all in agreement. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, even, even kind of the theme of this is the suburbs. Like, what do we think of when we think of the suburbs? I mean, there are two songs on here literally called Sprawl. This album, <laughs> exactly. is, this exactly. album is very sprawling because it, <laughs> it takes a long time to get to everywhere in yeah. the suburbs. And so that's sort of like, you have these sort of spacey moments like mm-hmm. Half-Life 2 and Sprawl 1 where you're just like, you're just in, you're trying to get from one important right. place to another and from get to we used to wait to Sprawl 2, you have to go through like a residential area. Exactly. Well, And I think it's and, weird how like after, because especially after a funeral became this like, you know, like, oh, look at all the different string sections and accordions, like all the different sounds they're bringing together on this album. I feel like with uh, Neon Bible, it was a little bit more straightforward, a little, but there was a lot of darker undercurrents. And of course that giant church organ, which defined a lot of it yeah. as well for them. With the suburbs, I feel like they went the most straightforward they had been. There's not a lot of like changes mid song mm-hmm. for these, you know, like things so like it's, yeah. it's not as fun of an album right exactly sure. i mean that being said you still have songs like ready to start uh you right. know which are still like you know great you know even Again, the, fully propulsive or yeah, like yeah. we used to wait uh-huh. for example exactly yeah and, yeah. and I, I wouldn't even say a lot honestly I'm, I'm looking at this list right now i would say maybe there's one or two bad songs in here you know there's a couple of kind of middling songs but i i generally like a lot of the songs in here right. like i said i think just when you when you put it all together, it, it just feels a little bit too long when you're trying to listen to it from, from start to finish. And I remember for me personally, because I was you know I was obviously a fan at this point. Bought Neon Bible first mm-hmm. day came out after the whole funeral revolution happened, and I remember driving. I was moving from Salt Lake to Chicago, and I had the suburbs. You know, I was like putting that in because I had put it in my car so many times, and for whatever reason, it just wasn't connecting with me. It just for whatever oh, reason, the there's always way. this emotional, yeah. it kept me, there are songs I like and songs I appreciate, mm-hmm. but I never really got into the display of it. But mm-hmm. I had a conversation literally last week uh, with uh, Zach Schoenfeld of a Newsweek. Uh, and he was talking, and he made a very interesting thing when I mentioned we were doing an Arcade Fire episode next. Uh, he talked about like, man, that's so fucking weird because for me, because he's working at Newsweek, you know, pretty, you know, like hip cultural magazine. And there's a lot of younger staffers that are coming on 23, 24, whatever. Their favorite album is The Suburbs. That is like the thing that Arcade Fire is known for. I'm like, that's crazy. But then I pulled up their sales numbers. They have two gold albums. uh, Funeral, shockingly, and The Suburbs. And The Suburbs has outsold Funeral. Uh, Like kids, like a certain generation has really connected with that whole like, I'm stuck here doing nothing and yet, you know, everything is like, I feel very emotionally vacant or whatever kind of thing that's going on with this album. And the thing is like, like, oh, okay, cool. It's just like, I'm not sure if it's purely a generational thing, but like, and there's so many moments I can appreciate and I still can't connect with that larger whatever theme they're fucking going mm-hmm. we just barely actually before yeah. you got here uh, we finished watching the Spike Jones 20 minute whatever fucking film scenes from the suburbs mm-hmm. which is kind of about a dystopian suburb uh, essentially you know, <laughs> it's like, about you know, a suburban war yeah that actually technically yeah there's yeah, like you know guns I mean, and like control points and other things like that <laughs> and soldiers all over the place and much like the album it had a lot of emotional scenes that are well intentioned and meaning and I don't know what it all means or how it ties together I mean yeah I feel like it was really only like 22 minutes of film and Eight I think credits. for what it wanted to 
accomplished, it maybe should have been an, at least another 10, maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, there were poignant moments, but it just sort of, like, skipped to them. Like, it's like they had the story for an entire feature length, and then they just decided to not shoot all of the scenes. Yeah. It, it wasn't totally effective, and I think also having known this record so well for seven years now, it was sort of, like, the songs in the background didn't really add anything. Right, no, instead of, like, unless you were, like, hearing it for the first time, and it's like Beyonce Lemonade, you're hearing these songs for the first time in this film context, which is a different experience altogether. But yeah, and so there are moments I still like on here, obviously. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of, say, uh, Month of May, kind of this, like, you know, harder, rocking, whatever type thing. I don't thing. hate Month of May, I though. like Suburban yeah, War, though. It has, a nice, it has a nice little build to it. But of course, we're all dancing around the fact that this is the album that uh, Sprawl 2 comes from. Uh, mountains Beyond Mountains. Man, and like, <laughs> people, people like, complain about the suburbs, or people complain about Arcade Fire, yeah. like, going to Electro. And I'm like, except that when Sprawl 2 came out, I'm pretty sure... Everyone lost their goddamn mind. Except right? me, I hated that track when it first came out. Really? Yeah, now? I couldn't even stand now? it. Even but, now? No, because this album's grown a lot to me. But before, I, The Suburbs was that album I didn't want to talk about because I didn't know how to feel. Mm -hmm. I, I remember when it first came out, and I remember reading all these reviews, and all these critics were like, yep, Arcade Fire, they've cemented their status as one of the, the, the greatest, greatest bands, bands yeah. of, of, you know, the, the, the new Third century. masterpiece and, in a row. And, and I remember listening to it and just feeling completely underwhelmed. And also, you know, what's, I mean, it's the suburbs. Like, I grew up in the suburbs, and, like, it didn't connect with me right, any yeah. facet, you know? I grew up in fucking Utah. It's right. I, you know, I'd get yeah. halfway through, and I'd be like, all right, you're on, like, what's next? You know, are the Arctic Monkeys having a well Yeah, like, what are we... <laughs> Can we, can we listen Because as we all know, everyone's genre hop between Arcade Fire and Arctic Monkeys. Absolutely. Shots on Alex Turner. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like a huge overlap there. That yeah. makes sense. Oh, uh, side um, note. Arctic Fire. Let's get that happening. Uh, <laughs> Richard Repairer, what are you doing on your off season? I don't oh, know. no. But, I mean, I think, are we... Are we in agreement? Are we in agreement? I think we are, guys. I mean, like, I, I would say that my favorite songs on here I like more than mm -hmm. stuff on Neon Bible. But yeah. let's let's talk about favorite just... songs because I feel like yes, I, feel like I know we're shitting on this a lot. Yeah. Rococo. Oh. oh God, no! <laughs> you know what? That was another song I used to hate. Rococo. I used to hate, and it's grown on me a lot. Okay, well, because that fucking string session. I just, I you know, it's just, I, I I'm a little annoyed that it literally says like, "What is that horrible song they're singing?" Rococo. Rococo. But it's a little bit related. Oh, because like yeah, the you... terrible song that you're yeah. singing right now, and I want it to stop because you're just saying Rococo over yeah. and over but like, again. That, that's what you do. Like, I, I feel like this is kind of a general thing with kids, but you know, also in the songs, like you listen to awful songs, and then like when you get older, you're like, what the hell are those kids listening to? Like, yeah. so I kind of like for me, that's my interpretation of the song, and like that's that's so where like, I was like, it's like that's a where it kind of carry on itself. It, it, okay. It's really weird. Yeah, it is a social commentary, cool. and sure. that's where it that's where it but connected if we're talking with about favorites. Oh, not a favorite at all. Definitely no one's favorite. Um, no, favorites, I mean, this. I think The Suburbs, the title track, really is a phenomenal song. Um, yeah, ready to start, obviously. Even Modern Man. Like, those first three, I think they start the album very strong, and then it, it's, like, kind of slim pickings for bit. Yeah, it's like, definitely not City Without Children, that. I'll tell you that. Really? That's my favorite song. What? what? Absolutely. What? I mean, I... No, okay. I... I like that song, but it's far song. from my favorite. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Spall 2. 
Yeah, I, I'd say City with No Children. I, I'm not joking. That's my favorite uh, on there. Um, Empty Room is really good. I don't think we I give do that like enough Empty Room. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, Suburbs is a great song. Um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, obviously, Sprawl 2 used to be, if not my least favorite, one of my least favorites uh, tracks on this album. It's definitely one of my favorites. It's in there. It's in the top three or four for mm-hmm. sure. So, But yeah, City with No Children, guys. Yes, I don't, you know, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, are we all in agreement then that this is pretty much our number three album? This is our number three, and guys. This is this is a Grammy winning out the yeah. best album of the year. Yeah, let's yeah, not forget. I think it's only it's only Grammy winning because they didn't give it to the funeral or neon Bible, and they kind of felt like they a should. Bit. Also, twenty. I mean, like this was like for me the pinnacle of like twenty ten, one of the best years in music in, in my life. Yeah, I, ra- I ra- also ra- around that time came out. No, 2010, you said one of the best years of music. What else came out in 2010? What, what else are you looking for, man? A- any example. You just oh, say 2010, yeah. I mean, was it My, my Beautiful Dark Fantasy? You had, you had oh, the yeah. LCD Sound Wasn't System. That, 20, um, oh, no, that, was, that was 2010, yeah. You, you had the LCD Sound System. You had Big Boy solo album. Um, yeah, you had, just left with the first one. Th- yeah, there were just so many random albums. Um, like that, that, Robin that, came out that year. Yeah, Robin did, came yeah. out. There was that There was that Waves album, you know? Um, was there that exactly. Yeah, wait. Yo, listen, like, the album that came with a grinder? Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's why I was. <laughs> but you just said. Some, I, yeah, I think Los Campesinos might have had an album. Um, didn't Grum album. come out in 2010? <laughs> yeah. I wish I had a. Where's our Grum episode of Chart Talk? I, I wish I, li- I, I Yeah, I wish I had, like, a list of all the albums that came out in 2010 that I really liked. So, uh, the, like, the, the, the Nicki Minaj album that you love? What's that? The Nicki Minaj album that you love? I love every Nicki Minaj album. You know that, Evan. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> you right. mix I know. I really wish. I really thought it was weird when you took out your phone and played Anaconda at that funeral we attended. But, you know, still, whatever. You know, I can't help myself. Do you, you know? babe. Do you. Right, exactly. So, hey, number three, The Suburbs. All right. Definitely. So now we're down. I think, and here's the thing. Any casual fan, anyone that has any general familiarity with the Arcade Fire, I'm pretty sure they knew this was going to happen. Not we come down to one and two. Between funeral and neon Bible, the let's narrative. Talk about it. Yeah, two, let's talk about it. Yeah, for the record, uh, <laughs> Donahue <laughs> is moving around the studio. I'm like, now standing this, 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 yeah. this is this is the moment. This is the moment. Yeah. This is the two albums we're really here to talk. I think about. is this Eight Mile? Is this right? Uh, Do you use the restroom? Is that he's no, no, I'm no, no, yeah, pumping us up. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. This is still scary. It's Anywho, cool. uh, so it's be here. let's just talk about these albums here. <laughs> and you know, the thing is, especially if you're listening to this podcast, because there's a lot of people that just listen to the podcast just to like hear the facts and the other things like that may not necessarily be familiar with the music. We've been talking about what the achievement of Funeral is, but we haven't really talked about the album. Let's talk about Funeral first. It's chronologically came first too. Uh, because when this album starts, when you have fucking neighborhood number one tunnels come in, and that little piano chord, and you have that. The thing is, like, what are you listening to? You're listening to something that isn't really like you know, like conventional rock music, as you know, or indie music. There's like too many instruments going on on almost every song of the album. There's little piano twinkles. There's little accordions. There's shout vocals coming around every one of there. Harp. Yeah, there's like all sorts of shit that's going on, and you're like, the thing is, it doesn't sound too indulgent. It's not like here's the horn section. It's like every little element kind of comes together on their own they're adding up to a larger whole mm-hmm. like they have the melodies it's like all these melodies are here with so many instruments clanging on the melody and as the melody is rocking forth the instruments are shaking off or adding on or whatever i like, like this album too because you feel like they're 
This band is like in the room singing to you. Yeah, that like, was my revelation. That was my revelation this week. I was really listening to it on headphones for the first time in a while. Because like you put it in the car, whatever. That's one thing. You're singing on headphones. I'm like, some of these vocals are like recorded pretty cheaply. Like it sounds like a person shouting in a room, not a recording studio. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, that, like, I never really noticed like how kind of like home strewn it is because it doesn't feel homestrewn. It feels like monumental as a statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Context wise, uh, three of the band members all lost family members during this time, which is why they needed funeral as well. So death, not exactly, isn't exactly the featured character on this album, but mm-hmm. death is a little bit of a looming specter on some of this here. A lot of it is still about... Uh, it is weird because two things I realized about the album this week. One, how Wynn frequently writes from the perspective of a child. How, like, a petulant, like, angry child. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, the thing is, even when he sings in this pain voice or whatever, like, there's a strain to it there, and it's a very, way more apparent on the EP than here, because here it's a lot more dramatic and considered. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's... Also, he's lost the draw by now. Thank God. Uh, and But secondly, though, like, there are so few choruses... Here. A lot of the songs, because I was like, there are certain lyrics I was trying to look up earlier today, and I'm like, oh, there's no chorus. It's just verse, 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 verse. They do like seven verses in a row. Mm-hmm. There is no chorus to a lot of these songs, and they carry that on with some of the albums to a degree, but here, most importantly, yeah, they don't That's repeat a lot. That's my boy. I don't think I ever really considered yeah, that. I'm, of, lo- I'm like looking over this. Yeah, like, Laika like, has a chorus. Laika has a chorus, yeah. Um, Power Out kind of has a chorus. It does, but yeah. that's not really what really gets you out of your seat. It, it, it yeah. doesn't, right? It doesn't have a chorus as much as it has, like, a melodic oh. theme that ends each verse. Yeah, Crown, you know? yeah, Crown of Love has a chorus. Wake Up does not. Uh, uh, exactly, whatsoever. Wow. One, arguably the most famous song. Rebellion I, does. Yeah. But it only does it twice. That's the other thing, too, is that if there's a chorus, it happens twice in these five minute yeah. songs. Yeah, and that's what, it's one of the things, like, there's still a hewing to, like, traditional, like, 4-4 song structures and things like that, but, like, the songs just keep going. They keep rolling on their own thing. Again, you're not singing the chorus to Wake Up, you're just singing all of Wake Up and doing the giant whoa-whoa chant mm-hmm. in the middle there. Right, well, and then three minutes in, it completely shifts tempo and, you know, explodes into the yeah. ending. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, exactly. And of course, for me, I remember my my joy when Crown of Love, when that thing builds up and, wow. like, the emotion can't take it and then fucking dance break, dance break. It's and it's just like, what? And it was song. like, oh, yeah, Crown of Love. I, yeah. I, you know, I, the first time I saw them was Lollapalooza years and years ago. And, and Young uh, Ryan. I, for, I think it was like the Same national that, that came up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the national came out with them. And, you know, they mentioned, you know, we, we've got the song and like, you know, th- these guys always bug us to, to play it. And we've never played it, but, you know, they say it's the favorite songs we're doing. And it was Crowd of Love. I'm like, this, like, this song is incredible. Like, if this was any other band song, this would probably be their number one single. Yeah. And it's kind of just hidden away here sometimes. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a hidden treasure on funeral. And yet they, and yeah, they, and they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they do sort of a similar structure on Anisans Lumiere, um, and even and even like wake, wake up like the, 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 the very ending of it out there. all <laughs> explodes. Yeah, it's, it's what all, it's just what they yeah. always do. It's like the, their best tracks are when they like they have the concept, they're building tension, building, and then building, yeah. they get that like, expectations. Release. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's great because they right. never really did it in that same way again. Yeah, they didn't. Like they sometimes do some tempo changes, but like when you have a fucking rock guitars come in near the end of uh, Lumiere, this fucking digga 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 digga, and it's yeah. just like oh shit, you know, like and it's like fucking mosh pit like fun time indie rock. <laughs> like it's great. Uh, the thing, and so that being said as much as funeral is still an incredible listening experience i mean 
Haiti, I'm kind of sometimes on board with, sometimes less. You know, you know I'm, I, I, think, I think we're all in agreement here. It's a lesser track on this album. But also, not Taryn. Okay, yeah. fair enough, Taryn. I, I, I can see you it's on this. Like, sometimes it's hard for me to find lesser tracks on this album, yeah. but... Any besides seven, I, I, I mean, there, uh, yeah, Haiti for me. Mm. Also, it's that song I didn't even realize I liked, but like I'd be like whistling some tune, and and I realized like it's Haiti, and I'm like, oh shit, like that's that one song I used to skip over on funeral, and yet it just burrowed in. But your that's head. the thing, yeah. it did, yeah. It, it just there's so many songs that connect here. It, I mean, I I think you really have to just think like what like. What is music like? Really, it's just meant to make us like feel something, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole point. That's why of I listen art. to Tyo like, Cruz's Dynamite every day. Yeah, I, I, man, is this? <laughs> I like Haiti a lot because it's such a break from this album. Yes. You know, I, I honestly don't think that if we did like Crown of Love, Wake Up Rebellion, Lies all in a row, like yeah. they wouldn't have the same impact. No, that's fair. Yeah, and yeah. I just I don't know because it does have those like almost like air raid sirens over it and yeah like there's the real like so many times it's so beautiful there's, there's this real sense of like danger in it which they also sort of hit on when you get to like power out but yeah there's just so much tension and and but then you have yeah. regine's like very feathery like yeah. almost soothing voice mm-hmm. singing these sort of gruesome images. Like, yeah. There's like so many different it. layers to it. But then also, also let me just talk about her gorgeous take on In the Back Seat. Just this sweet and incredible culture of the album. Mm-hmm. Like, for all the energy and excitement that exudes out of these arrangements and this voice and this drama that you're experiencing, it's just this, it's not like a ballad, it's not like a, a heart-wrenching thing, it's just this beautiful, nice little note to end on. Like, it's solid. But it, let me. It fucking rocks, too. Yeah. When you get to the second chorus there, and like, that's another song I, I used to skip in the back seat. Because it was at the end. And right, well, because mm. it starts in like, when it's just like the guitar and regime, it's not mm. that exciting. And right. I like always forget what it does. Mm. Like, those string parts on there are stunning, and she like lets out this utter wail. Um,. And she doesn't do that anywhere else on here. You sort of like forget that that's yeah. some like what, something what they have in their about, pocket. Yeah. But of course, we all know like for those that were there in the moment, Funeral came out. Critics adored it. One of the best albums of the year. Some say one of the best albums of the decade, et cetera, et cetera. Blah blah blah. Uh, and of course, a lot of people like I need more Arcade Fire material. You can either see them live or you can buy the EP. You buy the EP. But then there was a new album coming out, and I remember when that fucking single intervention dropped. When you have that fucking, uh, like, long-ass fucking huge organ. And I remember, like, oh, shit, they raised the game. I had never been more hyped for a song from a new album. And, like, in some time. And it's so funny because I, Intervention has never been one of my favorites on here, but I remember when they posted Black Mirror on their website, where if you just went to ArcadeFire.com, the video, all it was was the video of Black Mirror, and it started playing. That and that got me so hyped for this record. So, and the thing is, I was so excited, and so it was weird when I finally heard the album by itself because it is like first off you can't harp on the band for anything because like when you have the hype train working overtime on your last album how do you even begin to follow it up Mm -hmm. and so the thing is what they did is they went a little bit more straightforward a little bit darker it was also around the 2007 people were sick of bush 
they were really sick of Bush. And uh, so it is almost kind of a protest album, but not really. Like, there's a, more than a few references to soldiers and war that are going on here, and a lot of references to religion as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, and it's hard to say what it's about, but it's still a pretty stellar album, yeah. all things considered. And, and sometimes, I mean, maybe it's not so much what the music is, is about it, it's the way it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. And, and the dark undertones and stuff, like, it's just such a cool album, honestly. Like, it, it really is. I, keep I mean, the car I, running. Keep the car running, yeah. You know, yeah, it, it, it's kind of a it's very, you know, similar structure to, like, Antichrist, like, television booze. I love that album, or that, that, that uh, song on there, that track yeah. is great. And it was, Inter- Intervention may be my favorite, like, Arcade Fire song, honestly. Like, it's just so big and just... Yeah, and by the massive. time those choral, choral vocals come in near the end... The church, while family yeah, dies yeah. in that part, hits you just like, wow, like... Yeah. It, 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 it's and song. the weird thing is that like I always had like how critics had viewed it I always had in my mind that Neon Bible is kind of the lesser of your version of Funeral like for the longest time it's so utterly different it is and that's the thing Absolutely. I think people wanted a funeral too but they gave them something different which is kind of what you actually wanted anyway you always want something different and my revelation during research week when I went back into it like Man, fucking windowsill. How can I forget about goddamn windowsill? Like, that was a song that was always solid to me and always what? struck out to me. Yeah. Easily the worst thing on here. Really? I don't know if I'd say it's the worst thing on here, but it, it, it's definitely... Yeah, it's not one of the stronger it's, songs. I mean, I, I'll, the, I'll agree that, with you there. that verse melody is so... Again, this is... Like, that melody has been done hundreds of times. Da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na
vibes and stuff, but not a fan of that. I seen the backseat. That's my least favorite funeral. Which song. is weird, but okay. But here, yeah, I, I get yeah. what you're saying. I, like you want a finale, and what they give you is a, a climax. It just they give you a climax, and then like a burnout. It just yeah, it just leaves me asking for, for more, you, and maybe not in a, in a not in the way that I wanted. It's like oh, you just had me at no cars. Go like just just stop it. Just leave me there. Yeah, they yeah, do yeah. Always, leave me where I was. Yeah, like, they yeah. do all <laughs> literally on every record. They end so with they, exactly. They end with something down tempo. Exactly, yeah. and that's what I don't like. I, I think I mentioned like <laughs> suburbs, like you know, deep blue. I think that's the worst song. There. The suburbs. Why do we need to continue that? I mean, I get that was the first track. Just, just let it go. We, we had sprawl yeah, too. No, yeah, no, yeah, I was yeah. happy. The there. suburbs continues. Like, <laughs> oh, come on. Like <laughs> honestly, I think that the the everything now continued is way more interesting than the suburbs continued. Like obviously that was a trope they were coming right. back to, yeah. but they yeah. they actually did some interesting arrangement things with the slower version of this title track. And I don't, they didn't accomplish that on the suburbs. The suburbs continue, just kind of like fizzles like, out. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. just, yeah. Uh, you should have just left that sprawl too. For me, okay. also Super Cemetery, I know you like that track. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like, how long is Come it? Down. Like seven, yeah. eight, nine, yeah. ten it's, minutes of drugs. Yeah, it's just like, like six minutes. But yeah. Okay, so you seem to not like their slower shit in general. It, um, how do you feel about Ocean of Noise? I'm a big fan of Ocean of Noise. I fucking that, I really love that yes. song. That song connects for me. Like like and that that's a problem. Like like I said, the fine line for Arcade Fire and me has always been, you know, we've got the brilliant side, but they're always kind of teetering on this on this mm-hmm. boring like ah, uh, okay, I'm just going to like put on some rap music now cuz you know, like you lost me there uh 5 minutes ago. Yeah. Um but yeah, Ocean of Noise, it, it's it's such a lovely song. It, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like you're you're walking on on a beach and, at night, and it, it's kind of rainy and, and it's dreary, and it's ah, uh, just the feelings you get from it. That, that, that was a great. That was like a crazy description oh, of it. Yeah, um, I, yeah. The but reason that, I yeah. ask is because that's my other favorite on here. Yeah. Oh, I love that it's song. Between Absolutely brilliant. And, and yeah, brilliant song. Yeah, I mean, the, I used to kind of discount the middle of this album just because I mean, obviously, at the beginning you've got Black Mirror. You've yeah, got, you got a hell of an keep, opening. Keep yeah. the car running. You know, obviously, you know, like, not my favorite song. Very strong single. Neon Bible um, title track. Not an incredible mm-hmm. song, but but you get that stuck in your head. Yeah, it is. And let's not. Oh my god, when they did that fucking. Blog with like the takeaway so session oh, where they yeah. go in the elevator, the elevator and like well I can't remember who but they're like ripping out magazine pages to the I'm beat you know sure while someone else is pounding on the top of the thing I'll always whenever I hear that I think about yeah. them in the elevator doing that version yeah. now that being said though we've been talking about Arcade Fire for over an hour and I, we've talked about these two albums a lot is anyone saying Neon Bible is number one <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, guys. I, I, I'm gonna make a statement right now. Neon Bible is my favorite Arcade Fire album. It's not their best album. Mm-hmm. I think I can have said it better myself. Well, and then honestly, if that's how we're feeling about it, guys, here is the final ranking, number six. It tears, me, it tears me apart. But my favorite Arcade Fire album too. But it, there's just there's no contest. Like right. Funeral is. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Probably. It, Easily within the top five albums for for that whole decade, um, you could you could make the statement that yeah. it's the best. It's in like, I think it's like my top third album ever. Like literally, this is like one of my favorite fucking albums of all time. Really, it's a brilliant album, and, and like I said, just going back to, to what music really does, to, it just makes you feel some type of way the, the whole way through. Even the back seat, which kind of loses me a little bit, but you know what, like. 
you're still ready for that journey. It's still you like the place. Absolutely, it's, it's absolutely a journey. I mean, from, from tunnels, which is, I mean, I think I said Intervention is my favorite arcade fire. So tunnels is right there. If if you know, they might be you know one and two. How or, you open or it or now? High. Power out. Power, it's such my a great song. My favorite Arkham Fire song is easily Power. The thing is, I remember being in high school and, like, you would have a conversation about, like, you know, the, the, this album and, like, uh, maybe not, maybe it was, like, college or whatever, I don't know. But, like, I remember having a conversation about, like, your favorite neighborhood, you know, mine would be Tunnel, someone would be like us, someone yeah. would be Power Out. And it was, like, yeah, I mean, they're and all... no one would be Seven Pills. Like, no, you can't win because, right. like, they're all amazing tracks. They're all at this standard that we're yeah. actually talking about. We didn't even about. talk about Leica. We didn't even talk about Leica. Leica that's how many great, amazing. That's how many great songs are on this album. We're not even talking about Leica. We're out of this podcast. We even mentioned Leica. <laughs> You're so, welcome. We're talking about Leica. Number six, Reflector. <laughs> number five, the Arcade Fire EP. Number four, Everything Now. <laughs> number three, The Suburbs. Number two, Neon Bible. Neon Bible. And the number one Arcade Fire, the song Cold Wind off of the Six Feet Under soundtrack. I'm kidding. No, it's actually Funeral. Funeral is our number one. And guys, listen, as you can tell, we have a lot more to talk about beyond everything that we just did in the ranking podcast. That is why we have a happy hour mini sub. That is why immediately after this recording, happy hour mini sub. But in the meantime, <laughs> Ryan. Hey, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you so you much. You added for so much to this discussion. Yes, we had not, debates, we had amazing. like headlocking moments and like moments of like euphoria. It was fucking great. And thank now you, he's now you. he's praying apparently for some reason. Uh, yeah, I'm thankful. All right. So anywho, and you know I'm shout, thankful. Shout out to all you guys. I'm thankful for Appreciate our listeners you. who are going to go ahead and rate us on iTunes and find us on Stitcher and like our Facebook. Do all the things. Go on our Facebook. Post your own list of your favorite albums because we will debate you. Ryan will log onto the Facebook page and he will fight you. I will tell you how wrong you are and then come to your house and knock on your door and probably run away because I'm not going to fight Because he's, he's a coward like that. But yeah, he, will, he will go through the gas money in order to get there. I might, I might wear my kimono. I didn't wear that tonight. It was raining out. There's got to really, be kimono yeah. moments. Uh, in the meantime, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, keep on listening. You know the will be kimono guy over here. Number one. See you next time, Goop. Nice. 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 Wait, say say something loudly. Loudly.